on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Three and two, the stretch, the pitch, fly ball center field. Kane has plenty of room short of the warning track, makes the catch, and the ball game is over. The Brewers have defeated the Giants by a final of 6-2, and they've taken the first two games of this series in San Francisco. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee, with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. The Brewers have done their job. You go into a four-game series against the San Francisco Giants, and you say, come out of there with a split. You feel good about a split. They got the split. Now it's time to get greedy to see if they can win one or, hey, maybe even two over the next couple days and win this series and return the favor after the Giants took two out of three in Milwaukee uh, not that long ago. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. 12.22 in the morning. We are here in the wee hours as we'll be talking Brewers baseball all the way until 1.30 in the morning. If you want to join us, you can do so on multiple ways to get connected with the program. You can call and or text on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Maybe not the... Yeah, yesterday's game was just a really fun, really exciting game. The Brewers got out to a big lead, up 6 nothing uh, in the fourth inning. And then after that, they were just kind of able to cruise to victory. San Francisco made a little bit of noise here and there, but uh, never really uh, put together uh, a real solid threat. Let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. And, Augie, uh, I mean, before we get into the specifics of the game, obviously the most important thing is that the Brewers simply did win the game as they've taken the first two games now against a good San Francisco team. You know, you're going into San Francisco and you look at what that club has done, and they've won nine out of the last ten series that they played. They just lost the series to the Braves over the weekend. And you're going to you go in there, you you got your number your top pitchers pitching, but what do you do? You go out and you score runs early. They've scored nine runs in the series. Eight of them have been in the first four innings. So getting on the board early, allowing the pitchers to go out and pitch their ball game, I think has been huge. The Brewers did exactly what they had to do uh, uh, on the road in a big four-game series. Two big wins. Reds were rained out today against the Cardinals, so uh, the Brewers gain a half game in the central standings. Augie, it is September 1st. Happy September, or as our tweet put out by our guy Greg Hill says, uh, it is officially Craig Timber, whatever you want to call the month. The Brewers go into it with a 10-game lead uh, in the NL Central. There is only two double-digit leads in all of baseball. The White Sox have a 10-game lead on Cleveland, and the Brewers have a 10-game lead on the Reds. Augie, I would argue, and I I don't know how you... um, how you would argue against this. I'm not trying to denigrate anything that the White Sox have done, but the White Sox have a 10-game lead on a team that's a game above 500, and when their regular season ends, they are going to be done when talking about the Cleveland Indians. The Brewers have a 10-game lead on a team that is currently in playoff position and a 12-and-a-half-game lead on a team in the Cardinals that's still hunting for a playoff spot. I would argue the Brewers' 10-game lead is more impressive than uh, the White Sox' 10-game lead. 
I think it is. I think when you see the way the Brewers are playing baseball and, you know, it's not, you look at where they position themselves, you know, you look at the NL, the NL as far as best records and it's still, it's still the San Francisco Giants followed by the Los Angeles Dodgers and then the Brewers. But when you look in that loss column, there's only three, three losses in that loss column that could put you in a position to have home field advantage, be that top team in the National League. I think that's really important. And I think that's something that this Brewer, Brewer team is looking at. It's still going out and winning series. There's no question. And playing good baseball. But when you have an opportunity to, uh, to have home field, home field advantage over the playoffs, throughout the playoffs, I think that's huge. And I think the Brewers recognize that they have that opportunity. It's... The, the bottom line is you always want to win as many games as you possibly can, and you never want to tank, and you never want to try to lose games to position yourself for the postseason. Uh, it's a really interesting situation, though, right now, when you consider the fact that uh, the one of the wild card spots is going to be one of these two teams from the National League West. I think the Dodgers are better than the Giants, and I think the Dodgers are going to jump over the Giants at some point in time. Dodgers are only a half game back of the Giants right now. Dodgers are playing really good baseball. I'm expecting the Dodgers to win the NL West, and the Giants to end up falling into a wild card spot. And at that point, they would end up playing in a wild card game against uh, the Padres or the Reds or the Cardinals or the Phillies. Those are kind of the teams that are still alive for that second wild card. Augie, you that. The the challenging thing in this is uh, who you play kind of in that uh, in that divisional series. If you get the best record in the National League and you got those two teams from the West who are playing in the wild card game, that's a that's a scenario where maybe you're actually playing a team that you'd rather not play as opposed to, to playing the Atlanta Braves. Got text from uh, Doug about that actually. Uh, Doug texting in and says. Uh, um, let's see, get, get the next two, and there's a good chance of uh, getting the best record in the National League. I'd rather play the Giants or the Dodgers first anyway. I would respectfully disagree with Doug. I just, I, not so much the Giants, but the, for, for whatever reason, Augie, the Dodgers still scare me, and I'd really rather the Brewers play the Dodgers as late as possible. Um, and that's just, of every team in the National League, that scares me the most on the Brewers' behalf. It remains the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, and I agree with you. I, I think when you look at the Dodgers, they're starting to really play good baseball uh, throughout. The, uh, you look tonight, they won a big game uh, against the Atlanta Braves, who are in for a three-game series in L.A. But I think with, if you can have the opportunity of giving getting home field advantage, I think you have to go for that opportunity. And I think the one thing you look at this last month, if you look at all the possible playoff teams, I think the Brewers will, in the last month, the last 29 games that they will play, they will play every one of those teams that could be in the playoffs except for one. And who is that? It is the Atlanta Braves. That's the only team that they would have not played during this month. And I think that's important. I think when you have an opportunity to, to play a team head on, you play them in the last month, you, you have a, a, a good report of how they're playing, you're going to play them soon. Uh, possibly in the postseason, I think that really, get, I really, I think it's good for a team that has home field advantage. So this is going to get real interesting. I, I think anytime you have the opportunity, you get home field advantage. But uh, we've got a long way to go. It's a good, tough schedule, and I think the Brewers just want to continue winning series.
Yeah, that's that's the idea. And until you've clinched the division, I don't. They're not gonna. They're not gonna assume anything. I don't have to worry about that stuff. I'm on the radio. I'm not on the team. The Brewers are gonna win this division. They have a ten game lead on September first. This is the Brewers division. Uh, they're they're not going to. Uh, nothing crazy is gonna happen here. This is gonna be a division that's won by the Brewers. They're not going to take that stance. They're not gonna say that. They're continue gonna continue to keep your head down. But on this show. We'll continue to kind of look forward to the postseason, and you look at this series against San Francisco and now taking the first two, and you kind of imagine what it might look like if the Brewers and the Giants were to match up in the postseason. And really, for the most part, the games have been tight. Today's game between these two teams uh, was not tight. It was a tough situation. Johnny Cueto was supposed to start yesterday. Yeah, he didn't because of flu-like symptoms. Anytime you got that, all of a sudden you start worrying about COVID. It's not COVID. It's just the common cold or flu or whatever it might be, and and uh, he ends up starting today. He struggled. He did not do uh, that well. Augie, I thought uh, uh, they may have made a mistake using Jose Quintana in this game in a game that they weren't going to win because he just he kills the Brewers. And I don't care what his numbers are. I realize he's got a 6.35 ERA, but he kills the Brewers. If I'm the San Francisco Giants, I'm knowing that uh, historical data, and I'm saving Quintana in this series for a moment where he can have more of an impact. Today he was almost just an innings eater more than anything else, and uh, that's a that's a big benefit for the Brewers because if they're facing Quintana, there's a good chance that they're going to struggle. Yeah, it's so amazing that when he was with the Cubs, it seemed like every time we'd face the Cubs, we knew either the first or second game, Quintana was going to be the starter in that game. And he always pitched very well against the Brewers. But, yeah, I was kind of surprised tonight that they let him go the distance that he did go because he throws the ball so well against the Brewers. You know, sometimes you get certain pitchers that just throw the ball very well against certain teams. But, uh even beyond that, I thought he threw the ball very well, very much like he did with the Cubs. Really located his pitches, used his off-speed stuff very well, and uh, I'm glad that they used him as much as they did because we probably won't be able to see him the rest of the series. Yep, uh, they, they they wasted those bullets today from uh, from Quintana, and if he is playing for an NL Central team. I don't think that happens. I think any other team in the division is a little bit more aware of the history that he has uh, against the Brewers, and maybe you try to recreate a little bit of magic. Uh, the Giants don't do that today. The Giants end up losing by a 6-2 score. The Brewers have taken the first two games of the series, and now not only can the Brewers uh, win this series against the Giants, they can end up with a winning road trip as well. They lost two out of three against the Twins, but they've got an opportunity if they can uh, if they can continue to have some success in this series to possibly come out of it with a winning road trip as well. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We are taking you till 1.30 in the morning after the Brewers pick up the win in San Francisco over the Giants 6-2. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Pitch to Kane, swing and a high fly, deep into left field, back Dickerson, way back, it is gone. Halfway up the bleachers in left field for Lorenzo Kane, it's 3-0 Brewers. Good to see Lorenzo Kane hit a home run for the Brewers. Lorenzo Kane hitting a home run. Rowdy Telez tripling. Are you like me, Augie? And I say this. I'm a big dude. Like, I am not a small guy. I, it's like in football 
when when the offensive lineman or the defensive lineman picks up a fumble or gets the deflected interception and they run and they score a touchdown, the big man getting the triple is like that for me. There are very few things in baseball I enjoy more than watching a large man come up with a triple. Yeah, he, he hit it in the right spot, right spot of the park, and uh, it was good to see him come up with the big hit and hit the ball off and 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 running for the triple. That's something special you like to see out of a big first baseman. But you know, we talked the other day about telling that that Rowdy was kind of struggling a little bit. It looks like he's coming out of it. He's been swinging the bat uh, this whole road trip really pretty well, hitting the ball all fields tonight. He got a good pitch to hit. Hit a long ways, almost hit it out of the ballpark. So it's good to see Rowdy starting to swing the bat. He's playing a very good first base, and Lorenzo Kane, he continues to play well each and every night that he's in there. He does, helps the team. He got the big home run, uh, like you said, in the second, then came up with a big base hit in the third, driving another run. So you see these guys come in the game, even though they're not playing every game like Lorenzo is not. He's being, they kind of, to give him some days off and that JBJ play, but uh, he when he's in the game, he's a big part of this ball club and swinging the bat very well. This group today that was in the lineup: Wong, Adamas, Yelich, Narvaez, Garcia's Garcia, Telez, Peterson, and Kane. And then I would also say uh, on the injured list: Eduardo Escobar and Tyrone Taylor. And then on the bench today: Luis Urias. Whatever combination you use of those players that I just mentioned, I'm not trying to leave a Manny Pena or JBJ out, and Pena's obviously been swinging the bat pretty well recently, but the, those players that I just mentioned are all guys who at some point in the season have been essentially playing every day. And that that group, what, whichever guys you use from that group that I just mentioned, it feels like one through eight, that's a pretty solid lineup that day. Yeah, it is. You know, it's a, it's a, it's pretty special when you you listen to what not only what Chris Hook was talking on the pitcher side of it, saying that we're going to need every pitcher we have at camp and spring training. We're going to need more. You're going to hear you're going to you're going to hear of names that you've never heard before because we're just going to use it, need it through this season. Well, Craig said the same thing about this ball club. You are going to have guys that come through, and it happens every year that do special things that make your ball club better. And just half the names that you said there, if you would be thinking right before the season starts, you'd think they'd be adding something to the club. But a lot of these guys, like Peterson Tellys, who has just picked up, and you, dog goes down the line of all. Those guys have come into games, and each and every time they're in the game, they add something to this team. They take part in the game. They do something special to help this team win. And uh, that's been the, I think that's been the story of this season. You've got your guys that go out and swing the bat. You know, you have, you're having great seasons out of Navarro's and Garcia. Yelly's starting to come around. Wong's having a good season. Adama's having a great season. But these other guys chipping in and getting the big base hits and coming through when you need them has really been special. I was looking at some of the numbers from Jace Peterson today, and I sent out a tweet about it, and just his August numbers, even with his 0-for-2 day today, his August numbers, he's hit 353. His on-base percentage in the month of August, 476. That's, that's really close to 500, Augie. That means that Jace Peterson has get, been getting on base almost half the times that he has come up to the plate over the course of an entire month. That is not easy to do. 
Yeah, he gives you just such good at bats. You, I, I tell you this. Well, I think the one thing is when you have strike zone recognition and you're comfortable what you what you can do, and you hit the ball where it's pitched. I I think the one thing I really, really like out of Peterson, you make a mistake on the inside part of play, he can drive the ball and hit the ball in the ballpark. But yet. He's smart enough to say, hey, you know, if they get ahead of me and they're going to pitch on the outside part of the plate, I'm going to fight it off on the outer part of the plate or I'm going to drive the ball the opposite way. And he's done that a number of times. But I really believe that his success this year is he's gotten relaxed, he's confident, and he really has good strike zone recognition. He's just seen the ball so well. He gets on base. I think I think if he, if it's not via a base hit or a double, triple, home run, whatever, he's on base by base uh, by a walk a lot of times. Yeah, he got a couple, even on an O for today. He still gets on base twice uh, via the walk, and he obviously is able to uh, contribute. Brewers come up with a six-two win over the Giants today. Again, if you want to join us, eight five five six one six one six twenty eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well at Matt Pauley on air. M A T T P A U L E Y on air. Really solid win for the Brewers. They got out to the early lead. They were able to jump all over uh, Johnny Cueto, getting uh, six runs on ten hits as he doesn't make it out of the fourth inning. Thankfully for the Giants, from their perspective, uh, they are very thankful that Jose Quintana was able to give them three in the third innings or they would have been in a really tough spot after having a bullpen game yesterday and then uh, getting their starter only into the uh, not even out of the fourth inning today. Quintana was kind of the MVP of the game for the Giants, but for the Brewers, they did what they needed to do over the first four innings, and then they were able to hold on from there. We'll talk about the Brewers pitching. Brandon Woodruff was very good. The bullpen, once again, was good, and uh, it was a day where they were able to win, but they did it without using uh, the three-headed monster of Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader. When uh, those guys have all pitched a couple days in a row, getting them a day off, that's another uh, thing that can certainly pay out some dividends later on. We'll discuss that more in just a moment. Again, if you want to join us, 855-616-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 1-2 pitch to Wade. Strike three called. Change up right down the middle, and the inning is over. Seventh strikeout for Brandon Woodruff. Another Ankinet Mortgage Rock Solid strikeout. Giants strand a pair in the fifth. Brandon Woodruff was really good. Six innings, one run, five hits, eight strikeouts, three walks. He goes to nine and seven, 2.35 ERA. Continues his solid season. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Along with former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, I'm Matt Pauley. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well. At Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. So you look at Woodruff's last two starts, and that's notable because it wasn't that he was pitching poorly, uh, but he, he wasn't his normal fantastic self for for a couple starts. 
and then he has seemingly really locked back in. The start before tonight against Cincinnati, he went six innings, giving up just four hits, ten strikeouts, and then tonight, as mentioned, the uh, six innings, one run on five hits, eight strikeouts, three walks. Augie, you know, yesterday we talked a little bit about with uh, Corbin Burns how it feels like at different times of the year, different a different one of these three pitchers seemingly pitching uh, at their best. It 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 feels like a really good sign that. As you know, every pitcher is going to go through a lull at some point in the season, and there's times in the year. I would actually argue, and you would know better than I would, so you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. I would argue that August might be the toughest month for a starting pitcher because you're not quite to September where you're really starting to lock in for the postseason, but you're deep into the season. Uh, he was able to finish the month of August with a uh, with a two seven seven ERA, despite the fact that he had a couple starts in there that were not uh, totally fantastic. And it seems like he's just right back to being uh, the, his kind of top notch self once again. I, I, always th- I always thought that the month of August was the hardest. Yeah, it seemed like uh, your starts, you're fighting through them. You still may be throwing the ball very well, but you're still fighting yourself a little bit. And it's also time of the year where you get into that 24, 25, 27, 28 times that starts, and you, you're, you're starting to get just a little tired, a little draggy, and you just got to get back into the good frame of mind and get yourself physically ready to pitch each game. Uh, it's always tough, but I thought Woody tonight was as good as he's always been. And I, you saw, talked about the last night, last time out how he threw the ball so well I thought tonight we saw a little vintage Woody where he had the great fastball he was overpowering at times with his fastball but it was his two seam sinker and that changeup that were really effective for him tonight yes he did use his breaking ball he did use his slider and they were good pitches for him but I thought the sinker was a was very, very good. Had a lot of great movement. He located it real well. And then he threw his changeup. And when you look at that on TV or if you watch a replay of his pitches, that sinker and that changeup, if you watch it out of his hand, it looks almost identical. And that's the deception in a changeup that has the same style of movement. So, but I thought tonight he threw the ball very well, made some great pitches with a sinker, got some ground balls, and uh, and that changeup was was excellent. He, I know one one hitter he threw a changeup right down the middle. I think it was Wade Jr. right down the middle and just froze him because it, just the change of speed and the good movement on the ball really froze the, froze the hitter for a strikeout. Yeah, some of the usage numbers on Woodruff today. The changeup uh, in many ways was. Um, was what was playing off the four seam fastball. Yeah, you know, I always look at the whiff rate, which is uh, number of times a when there is a swing on a pitch, how often they don't make contact. And on the four seam fastball today, he got uh, seven whiffs, but that was on 32 swings, so that's a 22 percent whiff rate. On his changeup today, Augie, that was at 38%. He got 13 swings on his changeup. Five of them uh, were swings and misses. Uh, and and it's, it really seemed like the four-seamer and the changeup were kind of working together today. Uh, I think it all starts with location, and he's been he was able to locate that fastball. I think when you get early in the count, I saw a lot of times after if it was a ball strike when he throw that sinker down and away, and then he throw that four seamer and come back with a changeup, and that's where you get the effectiveness when they know that you have that good changeup that goes down hard, and then you explode the fastball four seam on either side of the plate, either up or down, then you come with that changeup. 
Uh, it, it's just that's where you want to throw that changeup. That's a that's the sequences in which you want to use that pitch to keep the hitters off stride. And I thought Woody was excellent with it tonight, and he used them all effectively. And uh, it's good to see him feeling more comfortable with that changeup. I thought there were a couple games back uh, that we had talked about where the changeup wasn't wasn't as effective for him, but today I thought it was excellent. You talk about fastball command. So he threw his fastball today for his four-seamer. He threw it for strikes 86% of the time. 37 of his 43 four-seamers were in the zone, which is 86% is an incredible mark. And, again, that goes back to what we were just talking about with the swing. So he has 32 swings on his 43 fastballs, 37 of them were in the, uh, were in the zone. He was really forcing uh, the swings because if you were in the box and you saw the fastball coming your way, you knew that thing was going to be a strike, and that results in some uh, a lot of swings on that four-seamer but not a whole lot of success on those swings. That was a great point, Matt. And, you know, you even look at his total pitches. He threw 92 pitches, 70 for strikes. That's about 74% of the pitches he threw were strikes. That's using all his pitches. You add that 86% in there with his fastball. Anytime that a starting pitcher can get above 64 63% of getting consistency with strikes, you know he's throwing a pretty good ball game. He's the kind of guy that's not going to be falling behind hitters, not going deep in counts. And I thought Woody did an excellent job tonight of commanding the strikes. And like you just said, that fastball he had tonight was dynamic. He was just overpowering with it. I'm sure it's happened. But I'm just as I look at that 86% of his four-seamers being for strikes, I don't, I don't know the last time I ever saw a number that high. I agree. I, that's, that's amazing. And and he he had it tonight, and he just you know he he just must have really felt comfortable and knowing that you know he's that warrior he's going to challenge you and when he gets in he gets in that groove and he he gets that good feeling with his his secondary pitches he's going to be aggressive aggressive with the hitters and I thought tonight his aggressiveness with this with this giant lineup utilizing the fastball in good locations and showing that he can command the strike zone with all his pitches really paid off with that four seam fastball. So if you were watching this game today, you saw somebody in the front row. Marlins man was there. You never know when he's going to show up. Does he bug you? Do you like him? We're going to discuss him coming up in just a moment. Brewers get the win over the Giants. 6-2 the final score. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. 1-2. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Slider off the outside edge, and Jake Cousins strikes out the side here in the bottom of the seventh inning. So I got to read this uh, email. By the way, Brewers get the win over the uh, Giants by a 6 2 score. Got to read this email. It comes from our guy, Mitch in Sturgeon Bay. Mitch, I hope you don't mind me reading your email on the air. When you email me, there's the, uh, there's the inference that I'm allowed to read it on the air. I don't think this was personal in nature. Uh, but Mitch emails in Matt, don't know if you noticed. How could you miss it? That Marlins man was in the front row at the game tonight, always dressed in his trademark, antiquated, orange Marlins jacket and visor. The guy has been making the scene at Major League Baseball games, especially the playoffs, for years. He's always holding court, changing the direction of his visor, and seldom watching the game. Today he was seated next to some guy in neon green, equally obnoxious, 
and no doubt putting on a show for the center field camera. Uh, a Miami class action trial lawyer somehow has the clout to get these front row tickets. It is exasperating. I'm normally not a really petty person, and I don't sweat the small stuff, but I swear this egomaniac just gets to me. Do I need professional help? I mean, for this situation, not all the other ones. Uh, I don't have a... I don't have a problem with Marlins, man. I think Mitch and I are on a different, uh, like, it's, you know what, this guy has obviously done very well for himself, he makes lots of money, and he has decided that he wants to spend his money by obtaining front row tickets at Major League Baseball games, and this game was also nationally televised tonight, I think it was on Fox Sports 1, in addition to uh, to the local broadcast on Valley Sports Wisconsin. Uh, this guy chooses to spend his money by getting front row seats and wearing a really loud orange pullover. I don't have a problem with it. Oh, you got any issue with Marlins, man? I, I feel the same way you do, man. I, I, I don't have a problem. I never have a problem with that. Even as a, a player, when we'd have some, those things would happen and you get someone in the front row or, or doing something uh, behind the plate to, to drive people crazy and um, maybe not be liked. Uh, you, you kind of enjoyed it, and it's a—it's just part of the game, and it's a guy who's trying to make a name for himself, and he knew it was a more of a nationally uh, nationally televised game, and he was going to be—he's going to do everything in his power, and I—I uh, I just those things happen, and you just look at them. I think the players look at it and more la- more or say let's laugh and say you know <laughs> the guy's doing what he wants to do, and if he pays the ticket and wants to come and watch a game, that's fine. I uh, excuse my ignorance on this, and Greg, maybe you you can help out on this. I I don't know. There was a guy in the stands today who was wearing like a like a, a crawdad or a shrimp, or not shrimp, but or like a I don't know. It was a, it was a costume of so. Is that a normal thing at Giants games, or was that just a one off? Do does anybody know on this? Anybody? No. I thought no, he I, was a lobster. But maybe okay, I, lobster, I did. I did too. I thought more of a nuts. I thought just a big old lobster. That I saw. It. I you know at the times that I've been there, there are a lot of the the fans in, in San Francisco are phenomenal. Every time you go to the ballpark, they're vocal. They're behind their team, uh, and and there it's a lot. It's a fun baseball park to go and watch a baseball game because everybody seems like they're in it. Now you see a lot of funny things happen there, but uh, but it is a fun park and fun park and the and the fans are really uh, really behind the this giant ball club uh, each and every year. So I've been the times when I've had the opportunity to go there. I walk around the stands when I get the opportunity during the game, and you can see some crazy things. People are acting crazy, dressing crazy, whatever they want to do. Uh, but the fans are really, I'll uh, tell you what, they understand the game of baseball and they enjoy the Giants. What would be the, the Milwaukee equivalent to wearing a lobster to a, uh, to a Giants game? Would it be a, would it be a, you know, a beer cot, like wearing a, like as a beer mug? What's, what's the Milwaukee equivalent to this? I would say a brat. I would say okay. maybe just kind of a, a some kind of a broad maybe because uh, everybody talk everybody talks about when you come to Milwaukee you can't leave Milwaukee unless you have a broad. I think anything with beer would be would be uh, a per- perfect thing. Uh, so I I don't know, but I think that we have a lot of things in Milwaukee that we're really proud of. Also, we could do at the ballpark uh, uh, dress in different figures that would be pretty pretty funny and uh, add to the ball game. 
Brewers get the win, 6-2. That's how we're going to finish this off with you today, Augie, talking about lobsters and dressing up with things. That's, that's, that's how wow. we're going to wrap up with you today. Yeah, That's okay. That's okay. Uh, Brewers get the 6-2 win in San Francisco. The news coming up in two minutes. The post-game comments of manager Craig Council after that. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Plato comes set to pitch, and Omar, a high fly, shallow left. Dickerson racing in, and he didn't break on it in time. It's going to get down between him and Bryant. Yelich is around third. He's going to score. Now Narvaez hustling back to first, and the throw to first goes into foul territory up the right field line, and Narvaez is going to end up at second base. We should have talked about that play when Augie was still on, but instead we talked about lobsters and Marlins, man. Uh, because that is one of those plays that does not show up in the box score. Yelich running hard and scoring from first on that pop-up. That wasn't Yelich just... That's one of those things that you do it over and over and over and over, and one out of a hundred times, or one out of five hundred times, that ball ends up dropping, and you, you get paid off for it. Fantastic base running by if you are a little league coach or if you want to show your kids something if they play baseball if they play softball go find that clip and show them Yelich chugging off of first base on a pop-up with two outs that's that's fantastic hustle and it pays out in a run for the Brewers. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Manager Craig Council spent some time speaking with the media just a little while ago. Opened up talking about the success that his team had against Giants starter Johnny Cueto. We did a nice job against Cueto. Um, you know, it, it's like you said, there was just pressure and um, never let him get, he didn't ever got really settled in, I didn't think, at any point in the game. And um, he never got rhythm going um, and felt like we made a whole bunch of his pitches uncomfortable. And that's hard to do. So it's uh, we did a nice job against him. Craig, we've talked several times recently about just contact can make good things happen. Where do you think the tor- turning point was for your club? Like, do you think your club's better than the, at that now than it was early? Um. I, I, I don't know. There's there, 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 that's not how it works. There's not like a pivoting point, but I think, you know, I mean, I think some of the guys that are playing are, are doing a nice job. I mean, Jace Peterson certainly, you know, been in the lineup a bunch and contributed a lot to, to at bats like that. Um, so, I mean, I, it's just, it's something that happens up and down the lineup and, you know, that's at some point, the guys who are, are doing a nice job find their way in the lineup a lot and, and they're, they're, swinging the bats well and having tough at bats and um you know that that's those are the guys that earn the playing time craig for woody um that final out of the six you think willie adamas sort of left his imprint on the game that looked like a tricky backhanded play he made and it it kept your lead at you know pretty comfortable after six yeah it was a nice play i mean i definitely a nice play um i mean i thought i think it's play that shortstops make um you know i mean i think Look, we we didn't talk about this, but this you know I'm, I'm going to bring this up. The six days that Willie didn't play, Luis Urias played a heck of a shortstop. Um, so I, I think Luis makes that play as well. Um, but I but it was an, it's you know any any backhand in the hole, long throw right on the money. You know that's a good play for sure. 
Craig, one of the... What about, Jake, what about Jake sinning? And just for him, you know, to again deliver in a, in a situation like that against that team. I, I missed that, Sophia. Who? Oh, I'm sorry. Jake Cousins, his inning oh. for the workout of, of his... Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I thought it was a good inning for Jake and that he, he had to kind of go through a lot. And it was a, I thought it was a inning where there was a little bit of a learning experience going on and a, and a lesson from the inning. Um, and so we, we've got to take that from that inning tonight. Um, in the end, he, he made a, he made some good pitches to a, to a great hitter to, you know, put up a zero. Um, but there was also some, some good lessons from that inning. Craig, Craig I'm guessing you had some guys down in the bullpen tonight. Uh, well, must have been real helpful for Brent to cover two innings for you and close it out. Yeah, no, it was it was for sure. Um, you know, we got Devin up there at the end, but um, yeah, I mean, Brett—that's what Brent has the ability to do that, and um, he was very efficient in that first inning and and um, got us to the ninth. Craig Brandon's performance again—it was just sort of more of the same. given you uh the season yeah i mean it, it shouldn't go unnoticed i mean he, he he held the best team in baseball to one run in six innings and um you know through five he was he was really dominating honestly i mean he was really really good and um you know at the end there they they got to him a little bit but he made a pitch when he had to make it um and it's a it turns out to be a just a really good solid start again for for woody and um the Mr. Consistent kind of, you know, what he, what he does, he kept doing it again and um, earned a win. Craig, you guys uh, closed out a really good month of August and, you know, you take a 10 game lead into September. You know, it's a very good position. Any team would want uh, Brandon said, you guys still got to keep the eye on the ball and take a daily approach. Um, is that the way you see it? I, I do. I mean, I, I don't see anything, different today than than yesterday than a week ago than two weeks ago it's then you know it's the the challenge ahead of us the next challenge um we got to answer it there's a lot of baseball left to be played um a, a whole month of baseball that's that's a long way to go um and that's how we got to think about it um and so when when there's a big big body of work left to do it's easy to focus on the next day Manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a few moments ago. Brewers get the win 6-2 over the Giants. How did it play out? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. A 6-2 win for the Brewers, knocking off the Giants, and the Brewers would strike early. The starting pitching matchup, Brandon Woodruff going for the crew. Johnny Cueto, who was supposed to start yesterday but didn't because he had some flu-like symptoms. you got to make sure it's not COVID. Evidently it's not because he pitched today. Uh, maybe he wishes that he wouldn't have pitched today because it does not go so well for him with one out in the first inning. Willie Adamas gets a base hit. That brings up Christian Yelich. Oh, and two. Cueto sets and deals. Swing a little tapper. Third baseline. That's going to be a fair ball and a fair ball. Base hit. Christian Yelich extends his hitting streak to 10 games on that ball off the end of the bat. And with the shift on for San Francisco, no way anybody could get to it. The only question, was it going to stay fair? And it sure did. 
Yelich just keeps hitting, so that puts runners on at first and second for Omar Narvaez. Cueto stretches and deals. Narvaez rips one into the gap in right center field. That's down for a base hit. Lamont Wade able to knock it down. Adam is trying to score. There will be no throw. It's 1-0 Milwaukee. Aviseo Garcia adds an RBI ground out to score Christian Yelich. Two runs in the first. The Brewers take that two-run lead into the second, but it doesn't stay 2-0 very long thanks to Lorenzo Cain leading things off. Pitch to Cain. Swing and a high fly. Deep into left field. Back Dickerson. Way back. It is gone. Halfway up the bleachers in left field for Lorenzo Cain. It's 3-0 Brewers. They keep the pressure on in the third inning, as with uh, a couple outs, Avisayo Garcia is hit by a pitch, and it brings up Roddy Telez. 47 pitches so far for Johnny Cueto. Telez, a high drive, deep left center field, long run for Yastrzemski. He's looking up. It's going to bounce off the wall, and we're going to run for days. Garcia's trotting around third. Telez is around second, and he's going to be into third, standing up with an RBI triple for Rowdy Telez. How about that? The big man, Rowdy Slez, not just with a triple, with a stand-up triple. So the Brewers add to their lead, 4-0, not done yet. Jace Peterson walks, that brings up Lorenzo Cain. Cueto comes set, here's the 3-1, and Cain, a ground ball through the right side, and into right field for a base hit. Telez will walk home, Lorenzo Cain drives in a run, and the Brewers lead it 5-0. So the Brewers with two runs in the first, one run in the second, two more runs in the third. Are they going to keep this 2-1, 2-1 thing going? We'll see in the fourth inning. Once again, quickly two outs, but then Christian Yelich gets a base hit. It brings up Omar Narvaez. Cueto comes set the pitch, and Omar, a high fly, shallow left. Dickerson racing in, and he didn't break on it in time. It's going to get down between him and Bryant. Yelich is around third. He's going to score. Now Narvaez hustling back to first, and the throw to first goes into foul territory up the right field line, and Narvaez is going to end up at second base. Good job by everybody there from the Brewers, and Yelich scoring from first, just pure hustle, and the Brewers make it 6 nothing. Johnny Cueto's day would come to an end, and the Brewer killer, Jose Quintana, would come in, and what do you know, he would do what he seemingly has done over and over against the Brewers. Luckily for the crew, they were already up by a 6 nothing score, so it really ended up not mattering that he pitches well out of the bullpen, making his Giants debut. All the while, Brandon Woodruff was uh, pitching well, got two outs in the fifth inning, facing off against Lamont Wade. 1-2 pitch to Wade. Strike three called. Change up right down the middle. And the inning is over. Seventh strikeout for Brandon Woodruff. Another Ankinet Mortgage Rock Solid strikeout. Giants strand a pair in the fifth. Yeah, those strikeouts starting to accumulate for Woodruff, who comes back out for the sixth inning. We were talking about Brewer killers. Quintana being one of them. Another guy, especially this year, Brandon Belt. He was leading things off in the sixth. The 0-2. Swing and a fly ball hit to center. Back Kane. Warning track. Wall. Jumps and gone. Lorenzo Kane climbed that wall, got his arm up and over the wall, but... The ball eluded him. It was into the Brewers' bullpen. A solo home run for Brandon Belt on an 0-2 pitch. Wood 
Woodruff would get the next two batters that he would face pretty quickly, but then Chris Bryant a base hit and Mike Yastrzemski a base hit. So it puts runners on at first and third as the Giants are trying to get back into the game and Wilmer Flores at the plate. Here's the pitch. Ground ball hit towards short. Adamas backhand play. Gets up, throws to first in time. And Brandon Woodruff gets through the bottom of the sixth inning. Jake Cousins comes in to pitch the seventh inning for the Brewers. He would run into a little bit of trouble without Austin Slater walks, then Lamont Wade walks. The runner's on at first and second. Brandon Belt would strike out, a big strikeout of Belt for the second out of the inning, and it would bring up the always dangerous Buster Posey. One-two. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Slider off the outside edge. And Jake Cousins strikes out this side here in the bottom of the seventh inning. Brent Suter puts up a zero in the eighth inning, and he comes back out for the ninth first batter he faces in the ninth inning, Wilmer Flores. Swing and a fly ball hit to left. This one is crushed and gone. Wilmer Flores with a solo home run. Make it 6-2. to two. Kurt Casale then comes up as a pinch hitter. 0-2 pitch. Struck him out looking. Fastball right down the middle at 91. That's the first out of the inning. Another pinch hitter coming up for the Giants and Darren Ruff. Struck him out swinging with a high fastball. Back-to-back strikeouts for Brent Suter. Another Akinet Morgan drops solid strikeout. Yeah, so two quick strikeouts there from Suter. That brings up Lamont Wade. He ends up getting a base hit again. The score is 6-2, so uh, Wade gets a base hit. He moves to second on a balk because Angel Hernandez wanted to remind us that he was there. Then Wade moves to third on a defensive indifference, and it brings up, once again, the always dangerous Brandon Belt. 3-2, and two, the stretch, the pitch, fly ball, center field. Kane has plenty of room. Short of the warning track, makes the catch, and the ball game is over. The Brewers have defeated the Giants by a final of 6-2, and they've taken the first two games of this series in San Francisco. With the win, the Brewers go to 81-52. and The Giants drop to 84-48, and winning totals for the Brewers. Six runs, 11 hits, no errors. They leave eight. For the Giants, two runs, seven hits, one error. They leave nine. Winning pitcher, Brandon Woodruff, he is 9-7. and Johnny Cueto takes the loss. He drops to 7-7 home runs. Lorenzo Cain hitting his sixth. For the Giants, Brandon Belt is 20th. Wilmer Flores is 17th. The game lasting three hours and ten minutes played in front of a crowd of 20,000. 897 folks at Oracle Park. We'll preview uh, game three of this four-game set, give you some scores from around baseball, and get out of here. That's up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studio, this is News Radio WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Starting to wrap things up after the Brewers get a win over the Giants against 6-2. The final Brewers have taken the first two games against San Francisco. Around the NL Central, Cubs knock off the Twins today by a 3-1 score. Zach Davies went four and a third, gives up a run on six hits, uh, and uh, he does not factor into the decision because he doesn't get uh, through five innings. Pirates lose to the White Sox today 4-2. Bryce Wilson got the start for Pittsburgh. He went five innings, allowing four runs on six hits. The most notable game is the Cardinals and Reds, but it wasn't played. That game was rained out, and they are going to play a split doubleheader coming up tomorrow. So as we take a look at the standings, 
Uh, the Brewers lead over the Reds as we go into September 1st. Ten games. Ten games over the Reds. Brewers 81-52. and 52. Reds are 71-62. and 62. Cardinals are 12 and a half back. By the way, the Giants lead over the Dodgers in the National League West. It is now at just a half game as the Giants have lost these uh, first two games of the series against the Brewers. And the Giants have lost three in a row overall. Where the Dodgers have won two in a row. They've played well against another good team in the Atlanta Braves. Things are tightening up over in the NL East, by the way. Braves lead over the Phillies down to just two. Two and a half games as the Braves have lost two in a row and the Phillies have won five in a row. Even the Mets have won three in a row. They're five and a half back. They're probably not really in contention, but maybe they can still play themselves play themselves back into that before all is said and done. But the National League East is starting to widen out a bit with the Braves. All of a sudden, the Phillies are right there in it. As far as the uh, wild card it goes, uh, the Dodgers hold the top wild card. It's going to be the second place team in the National League West to get that. But the Padres and Reds, they are now even at 71 and 62 for that second wild card with the Cardinals two and a half back and the Phillies two and a half back. So that is that is quite the race right there for the second National League wild card and a tie right now between the Reds and Padres. Game three of this series coming up tomorrow night, Wednesday night. Brewers have Brett Anderson on the mound, 4 and 8, 4.27 ERA. Kevin Gossman will get the start for the Giants, 12 and 5, 2.49 ERA. 8.45 first pitch. Coverage begins at 8.10. Myself and Jerry Augustine will talk to you after the game for Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.